You're listening to We're Big Kids Now, a podcast journey through stories, interviews, life lessons, comedic relief, and most likely some not-so-wanted advice. My name's Joe Alexander, and I'm here to hopefully inspire, motivate, and above all, just have a good time with y'all. So sit back and let's get started. All right, and welcome back to We're Big Kids Now. So our next guest is someone that I've adored since the first time I met her without even knowing anything about her life. She came into my job at the time where I was working, and she basically was on a hunt for some items, which I was able to help her resolve. We chatted up a storm, exchanged some info, and kept in contact once in a blue moon. Years later, she's now opened up an amazing restaurant, and if you're driving down US-1 in South Miami, there's no way you're going to miss it. She's a singer, actress, a mother of five beautiful children, and a loving wife to the talented and former NBA star, Ray Allen. Please help me join, oh wait, no, please join me as I welcome the most beautiful Shannon Allen. Welcome, oh, Shannon. Oh, thank you, Joe. You're so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to this like, make... oh my God, who is this woman he's about to introduce? <laughs> but this is you. So it's yeah. like, it's so funny. Like literally when you walked in, I knew nothing about you. Same. Do you remember what you were looking, do you remember what you were looking for when you came to the store? No, what was it? It was a bunch of plates because you were like, I need a bunch of plates for a, a last minute event that we're doing at the restaurant. Joe, wait a minute. You know what's so crazy? I was going to reach out to you again. I know you're no longer there, but I was going to ask you for suggestions because we're getting ready to open another grown on the beach. At really? This, um, yeah, at this amazing apartment building called Flamingo Point. It's like on 17 acres on the bay. They have 4,000 residents. It's absolutely gorgeous. And I really want to get um, some new beautiful white bistro plates with a blue rim with the grown oh logo. Yeah, can I pick your okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're going to get back to that. So before, yeah. I know before we jump into that one now, let's just, let's take it back and let's, let's, okay, so everyone who's listening knows nothing about you probably and let's just say, yeah. you know what, let's start with a blank slate. Yeah. So, Shannon Walker Williams. Yes. Oh my gosh, raised. wait a minute. <laughs> You threw out the maiden name. I'm like, oh, okay, we're going all the way back there. <laughs> so born and raised Miami, right? No, a Middletown, Connecticut. Really? Connecticut? It's, it's so funny. Everybody that I've come across, everybody's like from Connecticut. What? Are you serious? It's such a small place. Oh, my God. So you're going to have to like skim through like all the podcast episodes, but almost everybody's from Connecticut that I've been having on here. I'm like, that's such a small little town. Like, it's like. Crazy, yeah, crazy though. That's bizarre. Okay, so born and raised in Connecticut. Yes. So was oldest Shannon of three always girls. <laughs> oldest of three girls? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Did we love Connecticut? I love. Yeah, I totally love Connecticut. I still go back every summer with my kids. Um, I don't. You know, it's just one of. The, I mean, obviously, everybody loves. Well, I don't know if everybody loves where they're from, but for me, my family's still there. So my mom and dad are still okay. there. My I still have my parents. My parents are still living. Thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Um, all of my aunties are still there. My godmother's there. My uncle's there. All of my cousins are there. So, um, you know, I, it, it, has everybody, been, has everybody been safe with COVID and everything like that over there? Yes. Thank God. And actually my, my, my Good. dad just got both vaccines and my mom, awesome. he's, a, he's a school teacher. So even though he's technically retired, he's still the girls golf coach, which is a whole other story, but, um, he, they wanted him to get the, the vaccine. So he was able to do that. And also, you know, he's, 71 so he already kind of, of made, course, made yeah. the cut um but my mom has only received one vaccine so far but i'm really happy for my mom because she has congestive heart failure and you know black woman works 80 hours a week congestive heart failure mm. like she's obviously at the top of the most at risk list 
So yeah. I will be feel a lot better about everything when I know that she's been fully vaccinated. Um, and, and also just that, you know, they're good, but yeah, they've been really, really meticulously, um, safe. And even though my mom owns and operates a real estate company in the real estate industry, as you probably know, it's been crazy. People, you know, people are relocating and buying. she's busy. She's probably busier now than she's ever been, which I, is crazy. I was going to say, and I could only imagine all the tons of Zoom calls we've had. Yeah, right? <laughs> yes, we've done Zoom birthdays. We did we did their Zoom 50th wedding anniversary, which was kind of Really? Sad. That's so funny. Yeah, she was like, you know, I really don't want our 50th wedding anniversary to just, like, go by with a whisper. And I'm like, well, Mom, like, drive down here to sunny South Florida and we can do a socially distanced outdoor thing. She was like, I'm not, I don't, I'm not that serious about it. You know, I'm not trying to drive 23 hours. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I do love That's Connecticut funny. though. That's a, it's a long answer to your short question. I do love Connecticut. No, 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 it's good. It's good. Okay. So, so basically now thinking about obviously zooms and all the chats we're doing, mm-hmm. let's think about nostalgic and going back years back yeah. then. We're not going to talk about age today, obviously. So <laughs> we can. Let's, I don't care. Yeah, let's talk, let's talk about how we started. Mm-hmm. You jumped, you jumped into like a, gr- a girl group first, right? Yeah. So I was always a singer and a songwriter. And um, I took piano lessons since I was like six years old. I had an amazing piano teacher. And um, I, you know, I wanted to be Michael Jackson or Mary Michael Jackson, something like that. I, <laughs> I, my dad loves music. He, you know, he never had like the balls to be a musician, but he loved singing. And so there was always music in our house. And even though my dad's like this white boy from Torrington, Connecticut and a total hippie, <laughs> his musical taste was all like was all Motown and soul music and Stevie Wonder and um, you know Roberta Flack and um, obviously like the Beatles and all that stuff and like Joe Jackson and the Rolling Stones and, and everything. But he really was into like real songwriters and so I had this incredible like music like ethnomusicology was like the thing that happened in our house and um, so I always grew up listening to music and playing music and singing music and I formed a girl group in high school with my best friend Jennifer. It was called Rhythm and Soul. And um, we went to an all-girls Catholic high school. Can you imagine that? Like in a little, like, Catholic girl (laughs) skirt. (laughs) And we had the uh, unmitigated gall of, like, only doing the talent show every year. So, like, we had a hit record in our girls' high school. (laughs) It was called What You Feeling? And um, (laughs) (laughs) so we, Jen and I were, Jen's amazing because we're still best friends. And she actually has helped me with my most recent entrepreneurial endeavor. Um, She like legitimately did like the full company move and moved to Miami to help me. But Mm -hmm. she, um, she was really like an extrovert. So where I was all about the music and singing and songwriting, I could have cared less about like going into studios and like some random guy's basement and like trying to get on radio shows. Like I just didn't have that in my personality but she did. So I give her a lot of the credit because she dragged me around to like anybody who was anybody that had like a keyboard, a microphone, like a boom box. We, we were in their basement. If you were in Connecticut and you had like a makeshift studio (laughs) in your house and you knew how to do like an 808, you experienced rhythm and soul. And, um, so I ended up going to college and I was a music industry major at Northeastern university. Jen also went to Northeastern. Um, and while we were there, we met some girls and we formed a group, like a legit group. We added more girls to the group. So there was a five girl group and we were called Shades. The and Shades, I love it. Shades, yeah. And um, the girls were amazing. Um, Monique, Danielle, Tiffany, myself and Jen. And then Jen actually, um, her parents went through a really tough divorce and she ended up kind of dropping out of the group. And so the mm-hmm. four of us went on to sign with Atlantic Records. The great Sylvia Roan signed us to Atlantic East West when I was... 19 years old. Like, God. 
Joe, think about like, do this. Do you still do you do you still no? Do you still think about this? Like, do you like like go back in flashback time and think of like, oh my god, like us girls, we started off in like talent uh, <laughs> talent shows, and then now we're like signing on like record company uh, record deals. Like that's crazy. It, it's crazy, but you know what it is. Like so, you know the Grammys was on the other night. Did you watch the Grammys? Yep. Yep. You watch every second of it, right? Most of it, yeah. So I, <laughs> I was have, eating throughout the whole process. Okay, so for me, like, there's only one word that encapsulates the Grammys, and that's Beyonce. Um, of course. It's all of about course. the queen. It's always all about the queen, the queen of everything, right? I'm obsessed with Beyonce, and God bless her, and congratulations to her. But um, for me, like, I always think about that. That part of my life feels like a far-off, foggy, distant memory because we yeah. were so young. We had a record deal at Atlantic East West and then Sylvia left Atlantic East West. It actually was defunct for a little while. And so here I was 19 years old, a completed album, completed, um, you know, photo shoots and everything. And, and our album wasn't going to come out. And so my mom, who's this brilliant, you know, entrepreneur, Claire Huxtable, like black woman, badass, <laughs> barracuda. She, um, had the forethought to reach out to Sylvia. She sent her a, blue, a beautiful floral arrangement and said, I'm really sorry to hear that you're changing positions and you'll no longer be at Atlantic East West. Um, and I can appreciate that you have an extraordinary career and will go on to do great things. But I have to ask you, as one black woman to another, you know, my daughter, her entire life is wrapped up in this idea that she's a singer and a songwriter and she spent the last two years of her life recording <laughs> for you. And she's going to go back to college and she will not have any songs, any masters, any photos to shop to another label. On your way out, could you be so gracious as to allow them to have some copies of this so that they could potentially get another deal somewhere else? Now, wow. this, this never happens, right? I mean, you, of course you hear not. artists like Taylor Swift and, you know, yep. right now, Anita Baker is saying, don't buy my music, don't stream my music because I'm trying to get my masters. Sylvia Rohn allowed us to take that copies of our music so that we could have music to shop. Jeez. It's like, and, and like nowadays it's like, yeah, shut the door. Never hear from you. Put you on spam. That's it. Done. Done. So I, I have to, I will always be grateful to her. And every once in a while, like on Instagram, I'll just, someone will say like something great about Sylvia and Sylvia will make a post. And then I'll put that story in there just to remind her of how <laughs> fabulous she is. But then, then we went on to use those dats and use those, those masters to pitch and, and to audition for other labels. And we were, Again, by the grace of God, we landed another record deal. We were signed by the late, great Andre Harrell, who's a kingmaker, and um, Eddie F. and um, Glenn G. Wiz Parrish, who to this day is my business partner at the other entrepreneurial endeavor that we'll get to. Um, and they signed us to Motown Records, and that's when we released a single and an album and toured the country and had videos and, you know, we're on the BT Awards and went on Soul Train and... You know, I really love, live my love. dream. Yeah. Oh my god, I can imagine like some favorite songs. Tell me, yeah. Serenade. Yeah. <laughs> wrote those. Like, oh. Wrote those with the girls. Like you know, I have to tell you, like I have one memory. Like I don't remember a lot of it because we traveled so much, and um, you know, sometimes we would be on seven planes a day, going from city to city to city for promotional tours, and you know, Hawaii and here and there and the Bahamas, and you just it all runs into each other. And, and I'm like old as dirt now, so I, I barely even remember my kids' middle names. So to remember, like. <laughs> Hey, you remember that promo show in Fresno with Genuine and Jay-Z? No, I don't. I don't. I have no recollection of that. Um, but I do remember one memory that I can tell you was like God was in the room. We, we were in New Orleans at the Superdome, and we had the number one song on the radio in New Orleans. We actually, our song got up to like number 19 on the pop charts, which was very rare for an R&B oh. girl at the time. And um, 
you know, so we had our song number one in New Orleans, and we were the opening act of this big uh, radio promo tour. And, like, Kevin Campbell was on. I mean, it was a big show. And um, I remember we come out to, you know, this opening, and then I'm standing there, and it's a circular stage, so it rotates. Like, we were literally on a Lazy Susan. And (laughs) (laughs) for anyone that's listening that doesn't know what a circular stage is, put your jam and jelly on. And, um, you know, we're, we're on this circular stage, and the music comes on, and my verse comes in, and I'm like, most guys, they think that I'm a user. And all of a sudden, Joe... The crowd goes so crazy, and they're singing so loud <laughs> that I cannot hear my own voice in the monitors of the words <laughs> that I wrote in my bathroom that I just had a moment where I was like, oh, my God, God is real. Like, is you so have a dream right since you're five years old that you want to be a singer, you want to be a songwriter, and you are standing in an arena with 17,000 people that know your words better than you do. And that for me is what that time of my life We got to make it happen again. We got to make it happen again and do like a reunion tour. (laughs) Listen, listen, here's what's so crazy. Here's what's so crazy about that. When I was watching the Grammys the other night, because I still write and I still record music and I still write songs with friends because that'll never not be me. And I'm actually building an app right now for songwriters. But I love it. But what I thought about the other day is that like part of the story for me is that I could potentially be like a 40-year overnight success someday. Of course. Right? It, it's, it, it's, it's crazy how like you would think. Like take, take for instance. Mm-hmm. It was funny that we, I, I had heard some, uh, some people at work that they were like talking about, oh my God, did you hear this new song, uh, the, the, the song called Dreams uh, by Fleetwood Mac? I'm like, I go, that's not a new song. You guys just, I go, you guys only know it now because of TikTok. Like, right. right, because of cranberry juice. Oh yeah. my God. Crazy. I'm like, I cannot with some of these things, but it's like, it's, it's things like that. You just take one video, it goes viral and that's it. You're back on the map again. It's just, yeah. it's so weird how things like that happen. Well, and that's the magic of the fact that we don't know, we don't know the journey, right? Like we don't see the whole staircase. We only see the one kind of, you know, stare in front of us. And that's what faith is all about. Just continuing to take those steps and to not worry about how the whole story plays out. You just have to believe that you're going to get there and that you have to, you have to fall yep. in love with the process. And I mean, like, look at you, right? Like, it's so funny. So I remember your like, old last name as well, right? Like I have my maiden name, you have your maiden name. And um, you're like, I, I have a new last name and there's a story about it. And I was like, I got to remember to ask him the story about the new name. So I want you to tell me that. But also like when you and I were, were, were talking and we kind of like fell in love, it, it was in retail. And and now you're doing this and you're so amazing at this. And this makes so much probably more sense for your life. So how did, how did this happen for you? Were you, when you were little, were you like holding the end of a hairbrush in your mirror, like doing this, practicing this? <laughs> no, totally <laughs> random. So it was just basically COVID happened and then COVID happened and I was like, okay, you know what? We're stuck at home. Let's do Instagram lives. We did Instagram lives for okay. a while. And I'm like, how can we take it to the next step? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, you know what? Let's do podcasts. I looked into podcasting. And it is so weird, the crazy world behind the podcasting world, yeah. that it is large. And I, I tell everybody, yeah, it's it's funny the following that I get from the podcasters are not the same from Instagram oh. because I have so many more people that are listening in through podcasting. And what you see on Instagram, it's like it's like a percentage of what, what people are following as. And the whole name thing was basically, ever since I was a child, I always told my mom, I go, I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be famous. Watch. My name is always going to be Joseph Alexander or Joe Alexander. And then my dad would always be like, 
that's not your last name. Come on. You know, that's, la- that's my last name. I go, I know that it's my middle name, but we're just going to drop it. He goes, but how would that make me feel? I go, I go, dad, I go, I need to be famous one day and you'll see it's going to be Joe Alexander everywhere. And then wow. that's what I went with. And everything went forward with my art, my graphic design, my photography, my videography that I ever did. Oh, I right. always kept it behind with Joe Alexander. Oh my God. And, and like, let's just talk about this. Like as scary as COVID has been. And obviously we, we both know this, like 500,000 people. The positives behind it though. There are some, it's, there are some, it's crazy. And, and the it, people it, that I choose, think, I think the people that are alive that have, have been able to stay alive and, and even those have gotten COVID, but have survived it to tell the story. I think when you speak with people, there are a lot of people that are in this place of like, I want to call new gratitude where they're just yeah. like luxuriating in the process, whatever that means. And for me, it sounds like that's what you've done. It's like, hey, let's do Insta Live. We have no idea what's happening next. Okay, no, now let's really make this a thing. And let's keep it yeah, going. You took, you, you took the negative, turned it into a positive. And with a lot of people that have been on the show so far, they've been saying the same thing. They've been saying like, yeah, you know what? Like this was my time to like focus on my business. And and they flourished it. And it's like, you, you just got to hand it. Yeah, you know what? We, we stepped back for a little bit. But that stepping back actually opened up our eyes and our minds way more that we've gotten way more successful things out of it now. Well, you know, people from Connecticut I'm... are really smart. <laughs> hence, hence my, uh, my following from my show, basically. <laughs> I'm going to say, before, before I move on to you in the movies, yeah. I, I got to tell you that your cover of the girls doing How Deep Is Your Love is still my favorite to this day. What? I know we've had, I, I love the sound behind it because it makes it more, more, more emotional. Yeah. But like, I, I'm probably going to use it on one of the clips later on going forward, but I'm going to put it on my Instagram so everyone could hear it. But I love it. I love How Deep Is Your Love and you girls just singing to that harmony. Ah, Please but you do. Know what? Let's go make on. Sure you, make, sure you, make sure you, yeah, tag tag the girls at shades.tv. I will. Is there, is there I the will. that they work? And um, I really love that too. And that's, I didn't really know a lot about like, you know, the, that original song. Um, oh my God. But gosh, you know, the, the version of it is very warm. It I feels know. happy, right? There, there's like yep. emotion behind it. So good. Thank you. I got to share it so everyone can hear it for okay. sure. No. Um, and then we move into the 2000s mm-hmm. and in the 2000s mm-hmm. become the beautiful actress, girl yes. fight. Yes. Bamboozled. Yes. Yes. <laughs> can I tell you my favorite line from Bamboozled has always been the, um, where Damon Wayne says, um, I don't want anything to do with anything black for at least another week. <laughs> <laughs> You know like, what? And unfortunately, that that's how the whole world was feeling, like in August. Um, it was a really <laughs> rough summer for us um, and continues it was, to be. Yes. It, it is. It is. It's it's difficult with everything that we're going through. Yeah. Take it back to that time and the comedy we were able to make out of it. And it, it, it's <clears throat> it's that lightheartedness that, we, you know what, there's still... There's still a cause. There's still it, there's still something that needs to get fixed, and I don't understand why this world has not fixed it yet. We have a lot of we work fix to what do. We choose, yeah, we choose what we want to fix mm-hmm. on certain minor stupid things, but the bigger things that are, are a majority and our family, our friends, we're not fixing that part. Right. Yeah, I mean, look what happened yesterday in Atlanta. You know, we, we've been hearing this thought about when we use words that are derogatory, when we vilify whole populations of people, when we assign names that are misnomers and are hate speech, we start to marginalize whole populations. And we, you and I have been, anyone that's been paying attention for the last few weeks, we keep hearing, stop Asian hate, stop Asian hate. And we're like, yep. God, you know, this is awful. This is awful. Like when you, when you call a virus um, and you give a virus a name that's a nationality, population of people 
that are literally have nothing to do with this. And people that aren't paying attention, people that maybe aren't reading, people that maybe only look at one news channel, or people that um, you know aren't doing the research are going to think that there could be possibly, I don't know, some truth in that, or maybe you're just an idiot. But of course. someone, this, yeah. this guy literally murdered eight women last night that were doing their jobs. And what was their crime? Because they were Asian. Like, this, it's just yeah. awful. And we, we have to figure out a way to address these issues from the root immediately, call it what it is, domestic terrorism, racism, and we have to hold people accountable. It's crazy. Like, we, black and brown people got gassed all weekend in Miami you know, for spring break, mm-hmm. but yet these people were allowed to cause a whole insurrection and storm the Capitol and arrests weren't made. Explain that to me. Like, that's, we really have right. to hold we, people we, accountable. We close our eyes when we want to close them. It, yeah. it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, so, so, so um, true. So, but you were talking about girl fight and bamboozled. Yes, I was saying girl fight and yes. obviously Spike Lee's bamboozled. Yes. Great cast and mo- movies that you've been. You've been in movies, TV shows. Mm-hmm. Going into the acting field, is mm-hmm. that was that you truly your passion or was it always just behind music? But you know what? You were like, let me you know what? let me jump into the acting world now. Well, I always wanted to, you know, do that. I wanted to be a singer or a songwriter and I wanted to be on screen. Like I just, you know, just like you. What did you say to your mom? I'm going to be famous and my name's going to be Joe Alexander, right? Like, I don't know that I, <laughs> I don't know that I was so like, I want to be famous. It was more about, I knew that I had songs in my heart that I needed to sing or I would have felt like it was a slap in the face to God for talent. Um, and I didn't want to, um, you know, live my life and not do what I believe was my passion and my destiny and what I was intended to do on this earth because like no one is you and that is your power. So yeah. I feel like you really have to use those gifts, you know, you, or it's a waste. So, um, TV and film was always going to be a part of that for me. So, um, <clears throat> you know, you're, you get into music and you're doing music videos and you realize you're good on camera. And then I was like, okay, well, maybe if I can do this and maybe I can start going on auditions. And then you start book- booking like pre-Broadway workshops, right? Because you're a singer. And then you start taking acting classes and working in front of the camera. And then you book your first TV gig and you're like, oh my God, this is, I'm actually going to be on As the World Turns. Is this real? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, then you get bit by the bug and before you know it, you're like, okay, I'm in a movie that just won the Grand Jury Award at Sundance. This is actually <laughs> happening. So um, it was really, really fun. Along, alongside with A-list actors, everything. Like, it, yeah. I, and again, I just, I just, I think about it and I put myself in your shoes to like think back. I'm like, oh my God, like, isn't it crazy? It is. The movies we did, the songs we did, like, yes. just, and to tell your kids, and your kids are probably like, oh, mom, come on. What? Oh, yeah, they could care, they could care less. Like, <laughs> I think one day, like, Blue's Clues was on, like, one of the episodes of Blue's, or a couple of the episodes I did of Blue's Clues, they were like, oh, my God, mom. And I'm like, I thought they were going to be like, you're so cute. But they were like, what's wrong with your hairline? Where's your baby hairs? And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> they had to wax my baby hairs because I was in front of a green screen, and they were, like, causing a shadow. But, you know... That's what they noticed. Not like, wow, mom, this is amazing. You were the owner of the pink dog on this show. Like, it's huge. It was more like, oh, mom, you look like an alien. What's happening? Um, so Too funny. Yeah. yeah. No, no. But I love it. And I, I do miss it. And But I made the choice. Um, I was on a show called Century City that was on CBS yep. primetime. It starred Viola Davis. I played... Um, this character, um, VX509, which is like a virtual assistant, which ended up becoming mm-hmm. a real person because it was such a fun part. Um, and the show ends up getting canceled, which is fine. And that's when I found that I was pregnant with our first son. And I made the decision to be a full-time mom. And that was really oh. important to me because my mom, all of my aunts, my grandmother, her mother before her, 
never had the luxury of being an at-home mom. Never. Like, black women worked two and three jobs, like, paid all the bills, put all the kids through college, figured it all out. There was no, you come home from school and somebody's there baking cookies. Like, no, they were getting ready to go to their second job. So for me, I felt (laughs) like, you know, I actually have the opportunity to be like a full-time breastfeeding mom, to take care of my home, to make sure I'm here because Ray was traveling. What's the alternative? You know, when he was in his NBA schedule, sometimes he would have a 21 day road trip. What do you do if he's working and I'm working? Um, So that was kind of the, decision that I made that worked for me at that time. And I I would never give anyone advice on what to do with their lives at all. But that was what I chose in the moment. And I am really grateful that I did, but I literally hung up my career for 15 years as far as music and acting. No, but you know what? You've got to do what you have to do. And a lot of people don't think that way. And I can, I can tell you, your family probably appreciates it even more. You have a beautiful family <laughs> and the you. photos you guys post. I'm like, oh, if they're not appreciating, you let me know. I'll go, I'll go tell them. But like, <laughs> no, they do. But, and they're the best part of my life. And that's why I say to you, look, I, I have no regrets. I'm so grateful for that time. My 16 year old, I look at him and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I didn't miss a moment with him. I didn't miss a moment with him. So where a lot of people that I know or my friends are like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he's like, gets ready to go to school or like dropping them off for her first day of high school or whatever. But I, I bet, I mean, I played Thomas the train on the floor all day long. I made all the lunches. I breastfed each one of these boys until they were three years old. I had a baby. I had a baby every two years for eight years. Like, think about that. <laughs> I have a 28 year old daughter. We have a 28 year old daughter who technically is not from my womb, but it's my only girl. I get to share her with her mom. Um, and I'm so very grateful for that Tierra, And she's brilliant. And then we have four boys, 16, 14, 11, and 9. And, yeah. you know, these five people, these five are the best part of my life. And I just, every single second I get a chance to be with them and be present with them is a gift. Because you know what? You can't take it for granted. You really can't. As crazy as this world is, you know, people have lost kids this year. You know, so I just, I know. you know, for me, I'm just like, yep, I want all the time. I want all of it. I'm greedy for all the time. <laughs> Well, take it all because you deserve it. You've done great so far. And I love following you on Instagram to at least see everything that they're posting and even their kids. And it's just, it's phenomenal. And I love it. Um, when you did, so basically you started doing, I know the cooking show yeah. back in 2008 or was uh-huh. it, or when was it? Yeah, that was in Boston. Oh my gosh, you're so great. So you were doing um, that in Boston. Mm-hmm. Was really was it really that you jumped into that whole healthy cooking because of your lifestyle, your healthy eating that you now needed to do? Well, I was, you know, I learned early on um, when Ray and I first fell in love, like been together almost 26 years now. I mean, I was at Ray's first NBA game, right? So I, I didn't know anything about cooking. Remember, I was like a little young starlet in my own life. So I would come home and like everybody would cook for me and my family. I could literally boil water and make like a mean tuna fish sandwich. I had no skills. <laughs> I didn't know how to hold a knife. I didn't know how to open up a can. Like if you asked me to bake a cookie, it would be like not a cookie. Like it was crazy. Um <laughs> But his mom, Mrs. Allen, thank God, she was so generous with me. I was like, listen, I know what food is actually really important to this guy. I don't know how to do do this, uh, like, at all. And so she really allowed me to be a sous chef for her. And, you know, most people be like, oh, yeah, I'll teach you you how to make my macaroni and cheese. But they don't really teach you. Like, they're going to hold back a couple ingredients. They won't give you the secret, yeah. Yeah, never is good right so that when he sits down to eat it they'll be like yeah Shan, this is good but this is not like my mom she didn't do that <laughs> she gave me all the ingredients you know because she loved That's his son awesome. and she wanted him to love it yeah so um even though my dad's a great cook and my mom's a great cook i never learned how to cook from them 
Miss Allen taught me how to cook. And um, then over the years, I just really fell in love with the process, which again, sounds crazy because most people don't love to cook. I mean, do you love to cook? Mm-hmm. I hate cooking. You, you hate, know hate cooking? Yeah, tell me. I hate, cook- I, hate, I hate cooking because the process and the time it takes to do it, to then sit down and eat it within five minutes. <laughs> you know what? what I, listen, I agree with that. I feel like that's sometimes about holiday cooking because for me, that's a two-day prep. I prep for two days and it's gone. In, it's gone in 14 and a half minutes. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's crazy. It's like, oh, the process, the cleanup, everything. It's like, no, I'd rather Uber eat it or go to a restaurant and just get it done. It's like, no. Well, that's why I started grown and we'll get to that. But that was part of my thing, like eliminating mom guilt. You're welcome, because I can acknowledge that everyone doesn't love to cook a some people love to cook, mm-hmm. but aren't that great, great, great at it. B and then C, some people love to cook, don't have the time to do it, but still want to be able to provide delicious stuff for the people they love. And they just, they just don't have the time to do it. So, um, but I actually fell in love with kind of the process for me, like that rocking of the knife is kind of like therapy. And yeah. also it's very similar to like the songwriting process. It's creation. You take some ingredients and voila, now you have something that's magic. And then also, right? Like, I have five children and there is nothing in the world like making something. And this is, this is my ego. There is nothing in the world like making something and, and hearing. Mm. Mm. Right. And all <laughs> you know, it came out people, good. Yeah. And then like, you know, my sister would be like, mommy, put your foot in this. And Wish would be like, mom, nobody makes this like you do. Like, come on. I have an audience. <laughs> I'm getting standing all in the kitchen. <laughs> I gotta say, I secretly in the same way. I just, I won't, I won't say it. But I'll, after I cook, even my like my basic white rice and chicken, yeah. I will wait there while I'm eating just to see if my partner's gonna say, "Damn, babe, that was good." Like if he just, yes. if he's not saying it, when he's done, I'm be like, "So what? That wasn't good enough?" Like. <laughs> <laughs> but wait a minute, you know what you have to start doing? This is what I do, and this is obnoxious. How is it? How is it? Do you I like hate it? that. I hate that though. <laughs> Because that's what he does all the time, and I can't stand it. I'm like, I go, you know it's good. You know it's good. I don't need to tell you again. But for me, I need to hear it, unfortunately. Yeah, hey, that's your love language. Words of affirmation. I'm right there with you. Oh, my God, that's so funny. But, yeah, so you're right. That was, um, you know, my kind of my process of um, cooking Ray's pregame meal all those years. And after we had Ray Ray and then Walker, I kind of was like, gosh, how can I contribute to the GAP in my household but not have to be on the road, flying back and forth to L.A. for auditions, not having to leave the house at 7 o'clock at night and being in the studio all night until 2 in the afternoon. Like, how can I do this from my house? And I, I wasn't going to do a yeah. reality show. Like, that's just not me. I would be terrible on a reality show. It would be so boring. Um, what do you mean? No, you wouldn't. Yes, I don't drink. I don't smoke. No one's ever thrown a drink in my face. Like, I don't care about shopping. <laughs> like, all the girls that I've ever been teammates with in all of the NBA cities are like, we're like army wives. We're like throwing each other baby showers and potluck dinners. And <laughs> it's like the support group. It'll be such soft television. People will be like, I am so bored of these women. Like, what is happening? Um, so, yeah, but, but I knew I wasn't going to do that. But I wanted to get back on television because that's what I'm good at. So I said to Ray one day, you know what? I bet, I bet we could teach soccer moms, like busy people, gender nonspecific, how to make tailgating yeah. food healthier. And he was mm-hmm. like, oh, wow. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to call it the pregame meal. So I did. I, I built out the show. I got with a great production team, had a you know culinary team on board. We designed the show. I executive produced it. I started it. I wrote all the recipes. And then I had a professional chef and a professional athlete on every episode. And we shot it in Boston. That's an amazing kitchen. 
at the seaport called the Action Kitchen, and we actually shot the entire first season in six days. Like 10 yeah. episodes, six days, balls to the wall. Like six of the best days I've ever had in my life. Like it was just like rapid fire work. And like, it's better that way because you're at least you're already in that mode. It's like, yeah, one take, boom, outfit change, hair and makeup change, boom, in comes, you know, whomever. Ray comes in, Big Poppy comes in, and we're, Wes Welker comes in, and we're just knocking out these episodes. So it was really, really it. fun, and I loved it. And I thought we would continue to do it. I was like, oh, okay, this is my new life. All right, this is my new life. I'm the preview male. This is my shit. <laughs> and then our son Walker got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, and I was like, oh, okay, this is not my life. This is not my life at all. I, this is actually not my life. Um, this is yep, my life. Step back. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It, it's, it, it, and, and that's why I'm saying it's like it's certain things like that than just they, they put a pause, but but still, you're able to like, okay, say now, how do we fix this? How do we keep going? And how do I still get mm-hmm. motivated and not lose yourself at the same time? Because mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, your family's there, but you also want to like make sure at least you're treating Shannon. Like, are, are you giving Shannon everything that she needs as well? Yeah, and, um, that, and that's it, hard. And you're right. And that was a really big thing. I mean, we almost lost Walker, and it was very dramatic. We were in LA um, in 2008, Celtics Lakers finals, and Walker was only 17 months old, my middle child, and between a Monday and a Friday, like he had taught himself how to say juice mommy because he was just so excessively thirsty. And before you knew it, we were in an emergency room. And, um, you know, for me, I just really feel like it was such a powerful opportunity um, because even though the whole world wasn't watching, it felt like they were because it had been so long since the Celtics had been to the NBA Finals, so we had a, a chance to kind of tell our story. Like, we almost lost our son this week, and he has a very serious autoimmune condition, and, and 40% of the time, kids go undiagnosed or misdiagnosed, and they die. Like, this is what the mm-hmm. warning signs are, right? So now you, too, can be in a position where you at least know what these things are, ask for a blood test. It may, might be the flu. Maybe it looks like the flu, but if somebody in your life is excessively thirsty and has frequent urination and is crazy lethargic and then starts to vomit, you know, when you get to the hospital, demand a blood test because it could actually save their life. And that's what happened to us. And so then that, I realized, really became my new life, um, being an advocate for research for a cure and being Walker's pancreas and and trying to, you know, raise money to get us closer to cure. And, and so once again, I had to pivot, right? And by the grace of yeah. God, you know, we, we were able to do that and Walker's still here and he's thriving. And, and really, that's all I care about. You know, all the other stuff is amazing and I'm grateful to continue to still be able to do things that are about me, whatever that means. But mm-hmm. when you get to a point where you almost, you have a doctor that looks at you and says, you know, your blood sugar is supposed to be between 70 and 120 and Walker's is 739. He has type one diabetes and has entered the phase of diabetes where his blood sugar is poisoning him to death. If he doesn't get insulin mm. soon, you're going to lose him. You hear words like that and yeah, no, nothing else matters. It's an eye opener now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and basically, blessed that he's he's still going strong, and you guys are so yeah. tight as a family because it, it's it's one thing that to think of now when you have a family, mm-hmm. how almost everything just kind of is obsolete. It's like your family is now everything, yeah. And and you could see that, and, and it's like and and that's the passion. Um, and I and I tell everybody, you know what? Yeah, you could have all these friends, everybody all around you, coworkers and all. At the end of the day, it's that family that you live for. That yeah. immediate family, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna love it, and just make sure you cherish them, treat everyone nice. It's like yeah. that's like the, the focus. Uh, that focus behind this podcast is like we just need to get along. We need a network. We need to all like come together and stop the negativity. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Like, like you said, it's 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 crazy. But you know what? Your family is who who you are now. Yeah, and you know it's so funny when we first jumped on the phone just now. You know, 
you said hello to me and I was like, oh my gosh, Joe, I can hear that big smile through the phone. <laughs> like you, you couldn't hide your vibe if you tried. And that's it's just there. So it's always there. And that, but that's what I love though, because you know, right now my really good friend who's this, uh, she has this nonprofit called, um, Bohasu, which is the world happiness organization. And she's okay. like the foremost thought leader on happiness in the world. And people are like happiness. Like what? What is that? You can't get a degree in happiness. You can't lecture about happiness, but you can. And people you know do. what? Not everybody has it. So <laughs> exactly, it's like gosh, it's crazy. But you know, that's part of it. Is that there's all these studies about what truly makes people happy, and you've really figured that out. You know, it's about kindness. It's about gratitude. It's about living in the moment. It's about being thankful for what you have, whatever that is. It's about knowing that who you are and your voice and where you are in the world is what the world is waiting for, right? It's about all those things. But sadly, you know, we think it's about like material things and like money, yeah, and, I know. right? Having the perfect butt or, you know, whatever, not having wrinkles on your forehead. But all, and, and those things are fine and those things are great. And, and it's important to care about the things that make you happy. But there's a lot to that. And I feel like, you know, when I, when I heard your voice on the other side of the phone, I was like, oh my gosh, this guy's the best. <laughs> but it's, it's the small. And I felt that that day when we first met also. <laughs> it's the small things. And it's like, it's, it's being able to even share stories like this, like your story and other people's stories. It's like, it's all of that taking a second to step back and just listen to someone else's life and the struggles. And maybe that, you know what they went through that you probably are going through as well. And it's like that relatable moment. I think that's what also, even though it may sound sad because they went through something but also there's a happiness that you're like wow that's going through me too as well and i think that's the story behind this that it's bringing people closer and closer that i love and i like i i love it big time but i do want to i want to shoot to 2016 you open up grown Mm -hmm. amazing thank you right down on us one you can't miss it yeah it's 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 the whole farm to four cuisine that you've got going on with Mm -hmm. a drive-through and all yep Tell me about Grown. Like, where, where, where do we come up with that now? Yeah, so so Grown really um, was inspired from a place of frustration. Um, after Walker was diagnosed, um, my whole focus was, like, being his pancreas, raising money for research for a cure. I was sitting on the International Board of Directors for the JDRF and, you know, speaking at Congress and trying to get diabetes funding. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I thought was going to be my life, you know, just being an advocate for type 1 diabetes. And, and that would have been fine also, by the way. But one night I was on my way to store to get groceries to make dinner and I've had like four babies in car seats right <laughs> because that's what <laughs> moms do or dads right um but I, but I, Ray happened to be on a road trip and I was on my way to the grocery store with all my babies and um Walker had an extremely low blood sugar in his car seat and I was like oh my gosh I pulled over on the side of the road I checked his sugar he's like 40 and falling and I was like this swept to the grocery stores out the window I need to get food from a drive-thru window and I looked around the highway and I was like, okay, this guy's two. He's mostly breastfed. I mean, he's eating like rice and sweet mash and broccoli, but that's about it. Um, you know, small bites of maybe a chicken finger, but what can I, I can't get him a donut. I can't get him a cup of coffee. I can't get him a taco with 98 ingredients. Like th- 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 all this food is garbage. Like it's literally food like substances, process, 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 goes from a freezer to a fryer later done. And he just, I, I just was so frustrated in that moment that I couldn't get like, a whole chicken because I was going to the store to get like a whole chicken to make rice yeah. and broccoli at home, but I couldn't get a whole free range chicken out of a drive through window. I couldn't get like a pound of rice or broccoli or like a chicken tortilla soup. And I got so pissed mm-hmm. off and I was like, I don't understand in 2008, right? Like I have a cell phone, which is essentially a supercomputer. I could book a flight. I could book a hotel room. I could plan an engagement party. 
but I cannot get a whole chicken out of a drive through window. Like, what's happening? And I was so pissed off, and I drove like a maniac to a, a restaurant that a friend uh, was the chef at, and I like, jumped over the counter, and I got, you know, semi-real food, and, and then I, I made sure Walker was safe, and I got home, and I sat on my shower floor and cried and had a pity party and felt really bad for myself. And, <laughs> you know, because you do that sometimes. You got to. <laughs> you do that sometimes, right? Sometimes you got to do that. And... Um, <laughs> Then I kind of got out of the shower and I looked in the mirror and I was like, look, bitch, no one is coming to save you. And if this is a problem for you, like this is probably just a problem, period. Like I'm sure there are other busy people that are looking for better options that just haven't. And with families. With families, without families. I mean, think about it. Like busy people, like you and your partner. I'm sure there are nights when you don't feel like cooking. He doesn't feel like cooking. You don't want to order a pizza. Or this is is pre-Instacart, pre-Postmates, Grubhub, DoorDash, Uber Eats, remember, 2008. Yep. I know. So we would have just had to just take what was out of that drive-thru window. So um, in that moment, I just was like, this is bullshit. And I called my husband. I was like, hey, if nobody has big enough balls to reinvent fast food. I got to do it. And he was like, okay. So um, that was literally the moment that Drone was born. And it took me eight years to get it open. Like every single person I talked to when I said, I want to do 100% organic food out of a drive-thru window, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like I want to be the McDonald's of the future. People were like, you're crazy. <laughs> of course, they don't. Be- they don't believe in that. No, they were like, "You're you're insane." Someone a lot smarter than you that works in the fast food industry would have figured this out a long time ago if this was possible. You can't do real food <laughs> with the convenience of a drive-through. And I was like, "You know what? Watch me." And um, so we opened our doors March 25th, 2016. It was a Good Friday, and we had a line out the door for 15 hours, and we did get this. We did a million dollars in sales in three months. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. Like 2% of small businesses ever do a million dollars of top line revenue in the course of their entire existence. We did a million dollars of top line revenue in three months. That was the strength of the brand. And I just was That's like, unbelievable. And congrats. Like, thank wow. You. I mean, we don't, we don't make that kind of money now, obviously we're in COVID. We're doing like 30% of our sales, but <laughs> we're, <laughs> no, but you know what? A great start. And it's like, you have to start somewhere and it's like, yeah. it, it's unbelievable that you did that much yeah. in such a little time. Like, but it was proof of concept. It told me you're not yeah. crazy. Okay. You're not crazy. People, if you build it, they will come. Like people are looking for better options. You know, people want a fresh pressed green juice. They want avocado toast. They want an acai bowl. They want grilled salmon on mixed greens out of a drive through window. It's not just about burgers and fries. And that was really important for me to understand, to like listen to that voice, like that inspiration from God, from the universe to say, hey, you're frustrated. Guess what? It's not about you. Other people are frustrated also. But are you going to create the thing that you wish existed or are you going to sit around and wait for somebody else to do it? And look at the milestones you had to go through. It's it's unbelievable though. Like, so then so then now you're opening up one in Miami Beach. Yes. Congrats. So, and it's, that it's is, gonna that's going like, to be even yeah. better. It's it's amazing because it's huge. It's 3,500 square feet. We're actually going to have a full bar. This will be the first location oh. we've ever had with a bar. I'm very excited about that. Um, and this space is absolutely gorgeous. It's this amazing. It's a hundred year old apartment building called Flamingo Point. Have you ever heard of it? No. So Flamingo Point had like this history of like being like one of these like quintessential Miami Beach apartment buildings, but it was, you know, older. Okay. So it's been around for a hundred years. This amazing company came in, purchased the whole property, and then they renovated every single unit. And part of the, um, the new rehab of this building is like, 
the pools, the gym, the spa. They've added this incredible little Cuban coffee place called Bebitos. And then now they have a grown. And it just is really a gathering place for families. And it's stunning. It's right in the heart of Miami Beach where real people that live on the beach live. And um, we just can't wait to open. We're going to open in about six weeks. So if you guys are in oh Miami, God, that's awesome. come see us at Flamingo Point in six weeks. And we'll have our full-grown menu. We'll also have a full bar menu. And then we'll have our new grown southern men- menu, which we, we pivoted and piloted out during COVID. We partnered with Chef Richard Ingraham at Chef RLI, mm-hmm. who is a celebrity chef. And he designed a full organic soul food menu for us. Um, and we are really loving that because, you know, sometimes people are like, listen, I love everything that you guys do. And I love to eat quote unquote healthy. People use that word. We don't use that word. Um, but like on the weekends, <laughs> I want to like indulge, you know, like I would love like a piece of fried chicken or like chicken and waffles, or I'd love to have like pork chops and a skillet with macaroni and cheese and collard greens. So now we can do that also. So that feels um, really good, right? To be able to still no, offer that's awesome, yummy stuff. At least... And the beach is obviously with that traffic and that 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 locale that you have down there. That's it's it's born to be successful as well. Like it's Thank it's all you. location as well behind all that. But that I think is going to be great, and I cannot wait. You know what? I love grilled cheeses and I love smoothies. So if you could put on the menu like a, maybe like a, a happy Joe smoothie or like name yeah. something after me, why not? Like <laughs> we have I'll grilled cheese on the menu already, but we can definitely make it a happy Joe grilled cheese. <laughs> That'll be a special on Fridays. <laughs> You're a hot mess. So what does this happy dough oh. grilled cheese have on it? Bacon, <laughs> avocado, tomato. Oh, I'll, I'll, oh my God, you better believe it. That sounds amazing already. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like a chipotle aioli. Like what are we actually putting on this? Okay, dough? stop. Because I haven't had lunch yet. So this is going to be really bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, so um, we're really excited I, about I, that. No, that's awesome. And I'm thrilled to actually hear that you're at least opening up. Um, what's So what do we say? Is that one also going to have a drive through or no drive through there? No drive through on that one. But what's really nice about okay. this is we kind of don't need a drive through And I'll tell you why. There are 4,000 residents in the building. So wow. it's more okay, like a walkthrough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. You have the traffic apartment. that's going to walk in. You can yep. walk right in. And then we also can do deliveries to apartment buildings. So we're servicing the pool. We're servicing the gym um, with our partner, Marco Borges, who's amazing, who wrote the Green Print Project. He's Beyonce's trainer and like the foremost expert on um, plant-based and vegan food. He was a producer on um, Game Changers, the movie. So he's actually, that's his gym. Um, on property, and we have some vegan, uh, plant-based menu, green print-approved menus, uh, items on our menu from him. So it's just, it's like all family. It's all love. I love the people in the building. I'm going to be spending a lot of time there. Like I'm already wrapping my brain around, like after being meticulously quarantining for a year, not being around anyone, I'm ready for like 18 hour work days. Right. Um, Isn't it itching already? It's like, uh. yeah, I'm like, oh, babe, I think I'm going to have to have like two months full of 80 hour work days. What do you think? And he's like, yeah, I'm like, (laughs) just kidding. (laughs) Um, But but no, that's what it takes. That's what it requires. Right. Like that. You have to dig in. You know, every part of your business, you have to really get ensconced and entrenched in the community and just be a good listener for like what people really like, what they don't like so that we can make changes. And so um, it's exciting. And then. We're also well, doing something really cool. We've been partnering with um, a technology company to go into mm-hmm. ghost kitchens. Do you know about ghost kitchens? No, never heard of it. So, like, you know right now if you go online to, like, Postmates, Grubhub, Uber Eats, DoorDash, right? And you place an order yep. for, like, Koyo Taco, for example. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll take you, like, 55 minutes to get your order. Right? Okay. Between 40 and 55 minutes to get your order, depending on where you are in the city. 
Mm-hmm. Ghost kitchens are mini vessels, like mini food trucks that aren't logoed up in parking lots all over the country that would be grown. So even though I physically wouldn't be in the space, they would be almost be like mini, mini franchises, but it would be last yep. mile delivery. So right now, if you ordered grown from it just anywhere near us, it would probably be like between 35 and 45, maybe 15 minutes to get a delivery. But once we're in these ghost kitchens, pretty much anywhere you are in Miami, you could get grown in like 15 wow. minutes. That, no, perfect. And it's like, you're just basically like little hotspots all around. Little hotspots, exactly. So yeah, so we're really excited it. about that too. And that's coming when? That's soon or no? That's soon, yeah. We're launching our first unit with them um, the end of March. Congrats, congrats. Thank that's, you. Uh, good news, I love it. You're so um, on me. Are you hungry? What time is it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, like I gotta meet up already. I, I gotta go down south and go to the grown already. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I, you have to get grilled cheese. Yes. Um, well, I am happy for you. Congrats, big time. Thank you. Uh, we have had some technical problems. No problem. Well, that sound means that we're come to an end of our show, and I, I, I hate to say it, because <laughs> trust me, I could keep chatting with you, I think, all day, but I think our time constraint. But yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> don't forget. I'm well, not what forgetting. I'm going to do is I'm going to give you my last final questions. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. So first question, what makes you happy? My family. Family in general, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Just everything, seeing them every day, all of it. Yes. My, I mean, smelling their hair, giving them hugs and kisses, um, seeing them figure out who they are, like who they organically, authentically are, and what they love and what they're passionate about. You know, them just being the fullness of who they are. Like, I always tell my husband, like, I, I always am protecting that 11-year-old little girl that thought she could mm-hmm. be everything and anything before the world to- told her no and had ideas about who she was and who she could and couldn't be. And so I'm kind of like, that protector for them, like that custodian of them. Every time a 16 year old gets out of the car, I look at him and say, Ray, you have a very bright future and it is my job to ensure that you meet yep. it. And it, it always and it's protect also, the future because I am always protecting it. I was going to say, it's also like watching them in front of you become who they're growing up to be. Like that's, it's just, it's awesome. And you have that with five little individuals. Well, not even little, like they're all taller. It's like, yeah, they're, yeah, all, I'm like they're all taller grown. than me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, they're all, they're taller all than me. five grown children. It's like, geez. That's, yeah. that's and, and all I that stems it. from like my relationship with my husband, right? Like we are, he's my best friend. We've been together almost 26 years. So, you know, yeah. if we're not together and in love, then, you know, they don't happen. So when I say my family, I'm obviously it's inclusive of that relationship. Like, yeah. My family makes me happy. Yes, they're the most important thing in my life. I love it. Okay. So if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, mm-hmm. what would it have been? I mean, something very superficial. I would say don't mess with your hair too much. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? No lie. I think I love that question the most because some people give me hilarious ones and some people give me like very serious ones. And I love when it comes out to being really funny, but is there a real meaning behind it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just one of those things. Like my grandmother, who was my favorite person in the world, used to always say like, Shannon, don't mess with your hair too much. She had like these beautiful, wild, like <laughs> Julia Roberts curls. But you know, I was always like straightening my hair or like coloring my hair or whatever. And like, all year I've been like nurturing my natural curl pattern back. So 
you know, for black women, like our hair is a really big part of our identity. And so I would say to my 11 year old self, don't mess with your hair too much. <laughs> All right. Younger Shannon, I hope you heard that. <laughs> um, last question would be when you leave this earth, what word would best describe your life? Hmm. I mean, the first word that comes to me is full. Okay. Full. Um, yeah, I mean, full, really. Like, I I start my day every day with gratitude. I'm grateful for the little things. And I believe that I live a full life. You know, I love people. Um, I love to laugh. Um, I love to feed people. I love people's stories. I love to support people. Um, I love love. Um, yep. I love music. I love art. I love movies. I love books. I love travel. I really believe in living a full and abundant life. And that's what God wants us to do anyway, because I give all glory to God. You know, uh, people yep. are always like, oh, this is amazing. You did this. And I'm like, God got me. You know, people are like, oh, mm-hmm. well, how did you accomplish that? I'm like, with Jesus Christ and lots of coffee. Like, I believe that God has created each one of us in our own way, right? Uniquely, we are uniquely made to set out on this world and do what we were designed to do. And so I feel like, at the end of my life, I believe that I will be able to have said that I lived a full one. I love it. And, and you and you will, and you have, and you are. And it's I like, am. I, I, I was going to say, and we'll, maybe we'll put full dot, dot, dot grown. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're on your way. You've done such great success stories, a, a, a beautiful journey. It, it, it's, it's something you've... You've established such a great family, like everything that you've done from day one to today, I think hands down to you, amen, you have done a phenomenal job. And I cannot wait to continue seeing what comes up ahead for you. Um, But great success is coming for you. And and I'm I'm so happy that I was able to run into you that one time at work. Yeah, that um, one time at that one store. (laughs) (laughs) And now years later. That one time at that one store that we won't mention. (laughs) <laughs> but at yeah. least that way, look at look at the connection and look, look what's come up from that. And I'm at least able to now tell your story that I love um, because when I found out more about you, I was like, oh, my God, yes. Like sh- it, this would be a great candidate for people to know about. Um, but I am so excited and I'm so like happy for what's coming up ahead for you. Um, but I want everybody to also follow along with you. So follow her through her journeys. You can follow her on Instagram at S Walker, W-A-L-K-E-R-W-I-L. Follow her on Instagram. Look at her beautiful family, her beautiful adventures that she's going through. Stop by her restaurant if you guys are down south in Miami or soon to be at Miami Beach. Um, But get ready for those hot spots. At least they're going to be able to come to you even faster. I love that. Um, Do you want to leave us off with any last words, Shannon? I just want to say thank you. I'm so grateful to you, Joe. I've loved catching up. Um, And I, I, gosh, whenever you and your partner are available, I would love to host you at Grown at our new location at Flamingo Point. And if you ever want to, if you ever want to record live for the podcast, oh my god, we yes, love to host you there. Is that a yes? Yes, for sure, definitely. Okay, I mean, I think that could be really, really fun because the space is absolutely gorgeous and it's open and airy. And even though it's not on the ocean, it's on the street side, you can feel the ocean in the space. And um, I think, I think it would be really, really a fun thing to do for you to do like an on location. And I don't care who you, who you interview; it. it doesn't have to be me or anybody in my world. <laughs> 
We'll continue with you because do you know how much more we could have spoken about? But I'm so good, like restraining time. I'm like, yours is the longest episode so far, but I love it. I love everything that we were able to talk about. And I know we could keep chatting. It's like, oh. yeah, I know. Okay, well, you so, need to go get something to eat. But yes, I would just say thank you so much. I'm so grateful. And I am no. definitely going to text you later about the plate. Yeah, for sure. No, 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 definitely. I, I am, again, very happy, very excited to have you on today. And again, wish you nothing but all gloriness and all the best going forward. Um, and you will definitely see me soon at the restaurant. Trust me. Thank you. So Thanks, Joe. Thanks, listeners. I go ahead. You're very welcome. I want to leave everybody off like how we always leave you. This is not the end, but more like to be continued. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, always go with kind. Be sure to follow and subscribe on your favorite platform and stay tuned for the next chapter of We're Big Kids Now.